0: Going on, Jermaine Johnson. Tune in to turn on the Jets podcast.
1: Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn on the Jets podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson. At Will Paul on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. believe it's the third episode of the week. We are not stopping anytime soon. There'll be basically episodes every day this week. If you missed the episode with Dennis Wozak out last night, uh, talking a little bit of, you know, recapping camp, some stars, some guys who maybe didn't perform so well, talking a lot of expectations for this team. And we talked a little bit of music and what, uh, what band the Jets might be. And then Nate Geary joined us uh, you know, early today, talking a little bit from the bill's perspective of the offseason and Stefan Dig stuff, on big stuff and, and all that type of fun stuff. No, no, uh, needs no introduction, but you know, we'll give him one anyways. The host of uh, founder of TOJ and you know, host of Badlands and a million other different things, Joe Caparoso. Joe, how are we doing today? I'm doing well. Happy week one is here. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. We got to uh, got to spend some time in person over some beers a week or two ago. Um, obviously again, thanks everybody that came out. That was that was incredibly fun to to be a part of. Finally we get week one here. It's game week. We're now, I guess, whatever, five days away from actual watching Jets football. Kind of weird. Everyone's gonna get to relax on a Sunday full of anticipation and enjoy the one o'clock slate, not miserable by 4:30. I guess overall, how are your feelings going to week one? Are you like it at all time? Positive vibes. How are you anxious? Where are you at with uh, kind of the emotional roller coaster that is the Jets?
0: I feel confident going into week one. I think they're going in healthy. I think they had a good summer. I think if you're a Jet fan, you're feeling good about everything you saw this preseason. Um, You know, there's still some questions. You know, the offensive line, we're not going to feel good about it until we see them all out there playing together. But you're going into playing a Buffalo team that you're more healthy than you have them at home. You matched up well against them last year. I think Jet fans should be confident going into this game. Uh, I There's still plenty to prove that the Jets are the favorite in the AFC East, but on paper, this is a winnable game for the Jets, and their roster is good enough to be a playoff team this season. And It's the first time in a long time we can say that as Jets fans.
1: Yeah, no, I'm on the same page. I, I just feel like they match up really well. I'm sure the Bills, you know, we may talked about it last night, the Bills feel like tight end-wise they match up really well with the Jets and, um, you know, a couple other different matchups there. I feel like this is a game that it means a lot. I I said it, you know, last night I've said it a bunch. I'm not sure I remember a week one game meaning this much. Maybe in my entire lifetime as a Jets fan, maybe you go back to 99. Like that's the, and that wasn't the most positive one. Maybe it's 2011, but like they're all different scenarios. Those teams that already had success, it was more the anticipation and excitement as maybe another Super Bowl favorite team. This is a whole different ball game. Even if the Jets had gotten their car, this game would have been huge, the fact that they had Aaron Rodgers made it a hell of a lot bigger. I want to kind of just get your, you know, kind of perspective on an off the offensive side of the football. We talk so much about this defense. I think we kind of there's, – there's only so many ways you could talk about the fact that the Jets want to rush and cover and hit the quarterback and have a great secondary. We talk a lot about Rodgers, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, those guys. I guess, what are your expectations for this offense? We just talk about all these, you know, different pieces – and I feel like don't really know what we won't think it's going to look like. So I guess, what do you assume it's going to look like? And how do you think it's going to kind of, what are your expectations, I guess, for this offensive football team?
0: I mean, I think early in the year, you're going to have that many more targets to Garrett Wilson. I think the one thing we feel good and comfortable about is that Rogers and Wilson are comfortable together. You know, he's going to be the number one receiver. You know, he's going to lead the team in targets. So I think they'll be moving him around a lot. He'll be very involved early. He'll be very involved consistently throughout the game. I think it's going to be a platoon situation in the backfield. No one knows what to expect out of Brees Hall. I think you'll have a healthy mix of Cook, Hall, and Michael Carter more so early in the season before it phases out to really just being Cook and Hall. Tight ends, you know, I think Conklin Conklin and Lazard are probably battling for second on the team in targets, at least to start the year. And then I think you'll have Cobb and Hardman sort of splitting that third receiver role. You'll probably see Cobb out there on most third downs and Hardman out there on more early downs with maybe some different gadget plays mixed in on things that utilize his speed, potentially even in the run game. So I think the jets are going to be relatively aggressive, you know, out of the game. I think they're going to put a lot of trust in Rogers. I think he'll have the ability to call plays at the line to keep the offense up tempo. And it's going to be a bit of a work in progress those first six weeks, but I'm sure they will do things to try to, help out the offensive line in terms of using someone like CJ Ozama to help with blocking in terms of getting Rodgers on the move, uh, making sure there's a healthy enough mix of the run-in. I-, I think Monday could be a little ugly from an offensive perspective on both sides. I-, I like the under in this game a lot. I especially like the first half under maybe that turns out to be wrong, but I feel like both teams will show up more so defensively than offensively in this one.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of curious. I, I think the Jets are going to try to jam the ball down Buffalo's throat. That's the one spot where Buffalo defensively, they, they lost their best, you know, he's not their best linebacker, but he's certainly a key, you know, to their, to their defense. They're starting a guy who's a second round players, six round pick a year ago. Um, they're starting, you know, a rookie guard. There's a couple of different pieces. I know the Jets are starting some young guys and Tony Adams, you know, specifically is the guy who kind of stands out as the, one kind of unex, you know unproven guy but you know buffalo they ran the ball well in buffalo last year um you know even the, that second matchup where donovan Knight got going a little bit michael carter if he doesn't fumble there were some holes there and they got to get it to a fast start I, and i know we're going to talk about this you're going to talk about this on badlands i'm sure you've heard you hammer this home but if you you know it should be a huge crowd it should be a packed building there should be a ton of energy and who's you know rolling in at eight you know for an 8 30 kickoff I was there last year during the Jaguars game, and the offense, the defense comes out, hot start, force fumble right away. The offense goes three and out, and the entire crowd was just like out of it already, which is incredibly soft, but that's not the point. The point is, you know, you can't get into this habit. Jets fans are just not used to seeing great offensive football, and getting out to a fast start gives you that confidence. Even, Even something happens like the first drive against the Giants where a couple first downs, there's a penalty, at least kind of saw a couple shots go in, and then you can kind of you know start to expand the offense. One more question on this offense, and we'll kind of just get into this Bills matchup a little bit. The offensive line you mentioned obviously been talked about ad nauseum. You know, I love how everyone on ESPN and other places is now talking about how there's so much Jets fatigue. Well, um, you're the one's talking about the Jets, so the um, cry me a river. But more importantly, this offensive line, Joe Douglas went on Chris Long's podcast and said he thinks he's most impressed with how the offensive line finished camp and. It's a group that they've invested a ton in and the media's been kind of wrongfully, you know, crushing them about the offensive line. Again, I know he's gonna say that because he built he built this roster, he should defend it. There's kind of a case to be made this group isn't bad, like at all. If they're healthy, which again, you know, make stealing Jason McCordy from today on Good Morning Football, it's the most annoying line in football. If this guy's healthy, no uh no bleep. Like <laughs> that's the way anybody, any team functions. But again, this offensive line feels like it actually has a good amount of talent and some depth. Do you feel like, how are, what's your concern level, I guess, the offensive line? Because it feels like everyone's at a 10. I'm not anywhere close. I'm like more of like a four or five, and that's strictly based on the, ta- the health of both tackles. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be
0: at a 10. I think you feel good about AVT being back. You know, there's a decent enough floor with McGovern at center. There's a good floor with Brown at left tackle, even though he didn't practice this summer, but he's played so much that, you stress about that less. And with Becton, he was good this summer as well. Now we got to see it in a game, but I think the Jets, the number of questions on the Jets offensive line is comparable to most teams in the NFL. I think it has the makings of probably like a middle of the pack unit. You know, if you even out all things, maybe it's a touch higher or a touch lower, depending on a few factors. But if you just look around the division, like Why do you feel any worse about the Jets' offensive line than you would about any of the other teams in the division? I think they have their fair share of questions. I think a lot of teams do right now. The defensive line plays ahead of the offensive line pay, and the Jets have the built-in benefit of hiring Aaron Rodgers, which will help cover up some of the issues on the offensive line. Teams who have young quarterbacks or bad quarterbacks are going to feel the pain of a struggling offensive line, as we know all too well as Jet fans. Having a veteran quarterback who knows how to play around that will be a benefit for them.
1: Yeah, 100 percent You watch the way even in preseason, just you know, in watching in camp, it's a lot of boots, it's a lot of getting the quarterback on the move. It's a lot of getting the ball out quickly to to tight ends, to Garrett Wilson, to McCole Harmon, to some of these guys. And that's not even seeing how they're going to deploy Brees Hall. You know, we saw the the one viral clip of Brees' first practice back. They split five wide and just gave basically Brees a running start into a screen. And like, and you they get seventy yards, or you, we saw Davin Cook last night. I didn't get to watch hard knocks yet, but I saw the one clip on Twitter, and Dalvin Cook looked every bit the player he has. It's weird how guys maybe a torn rotator cuff or a torn labrum. They don't look quite as good against contact. That's that's normal. That's now fixed. So you'd assume he's back to to pretty much full Dalvin Cook. I want to talk about this Bills-Jets matchup quickly here before we kind of wrap up. What's like What are you keeping your eye on? Because I know you mentioned a little bit. Uh, you posted the clip last night, the Tony Adams um, and the safeties against the, the Bills tight ends. Is that kind of – your biggest key to this game. I know the obvious ones like don't turn the football over, but we'll get to that in a second with Josh Allen.
0: Yeah. I mean, defensively I think Adams and that safety group is key because if you're going to try to attack the jets, you know, the bills, they saw what happened last year when the jets played them jets front was able to get after Josh Allen, Josh Allen struggled to throw the football, especially on the outside against sauce and DJ Reed. So it's going to be a lot of can Josh Allen take off and can the safeties mitigate the problems that come from that along with the edges, maintaining the edges, but can they also prevent Dawson Knox and Kincaid from making a difference in the middle of the field? And the jets are going to count a lot on Adams right out of the gate to do that. I think we'll get a lot of three safety looks in this game uh, that utilize Adrian Amos on the field with Jordan Whitehead. Uh, the jets will go a little lighter at linebacker in certain situations. And if they can not be burned by the tight ends and Allen running, the Jets are going to be in good shape. Josh Allen struggled substantially against solid defense last year. Couldn't crack 150 yards in the second game through a pair of interceptions. Only threw, I don't think he actually threw, he threw one touchdown that went to the Knox. You know, he hurt them with his legs, uh, but the Jets were able to get after him in both games. And if, if Tony Adams could be the upgrade over LaMarcus Joyner that we think he's going to be, that's going to help fill the gap on one of the major weaknesses last year that Buffalo took advantage of.
1: Yeah, if you want to read more about Tony Adams, read the Badlands season Preview Guide tomorrow because yours truly wrote about him. Perfect uh, lead in, right perfect there. Perfect lead in. There we go. We're getting better. Um, no, like, I, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, Kyle says it all the time on Good Morning Football. Josh Allen gets really sugar high uh, and 85,000 people, 9 11, Rogers debut, Rogers is his boy, but like looks up to him, the whole thing. You kind of want Josh to get a little. Get, you know, try to be, get, try to do a little too much. He talked all offseason about how he wasn't going to do that anymore. He's going to be this controlled pocket passer. And the first preseason game, he was running around like a lunatic. So I think the Jets want to force him into run around, try to, try to be a hero, try to, you know, try to play some of that, force him into turnovers. Cause you saw it last year, you know, Braden Mann slips, Sauce gets beat for one of the only times he got beat all year. And then Josh Allen threw one of the worst interceptions I saw all season. So outside of anything Zach Wilson did. So, can you force him into a few of those, you know, Quinn Williams gets hurt in that second game. That was a huge, like, I don't like white getting hurt was a big deal. We'd all talked about that, but when getting hurt in that game, he was an absolute monster. And then, you know, we focused on everything else, but Quinn going out of that game, like the bills could, can't block him. Um, Mitch Morris and these guys, I know if Osiris Torrance, a, a young guard out of Florida, that was a really nice player in college, but Quinn Williams is a little different and Alabama usually kicks Florida's ass. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that one continues on uh, on Monday night. Last two kind of matchups here. Von Miller not playing, I don't think, it's getting talked about enough. He's the Bills were incredible with him on defense last year when he played. When he didn't play, they were in the 20s in terms of pressure rate with four. He had eight sacks in 11 games. He's one of the five best edge rushers ever. He's still awesome. Like there's a lot of things there. And his presence just on the field with Mikay Bechton, who's first game in front of fans at home in his career. And uh, you know, Dwayne Brando's in practice all summer. Like how big is Von Miller not playing? Cause I just feel like we kind of glossed over that and I don't know why.
0: I mean, massive. He'd be the best edge rusher in this game and Buffalo is without him. And that would put a much bigger strain on the questions the jets have on the offensive line. So the jets are now better positioned to take advantage of the other teams weak offensive line in this game, because Von Miller isn't playing. And that's a big benefit for the jets. So that. You know, the schedule gods have smiled on them uh, for a rare case here, and it, it should make that Bills defense a little less daunting. It's still a good defense. I think the Jets have a better overall defense, but especially without Von Miller, especially if they're a little beat up at safety, the Jets have a bit of an advantage then. The Jets defense should be better poised to take advantage of the Bills weaknesses than vice versa.
1: The Jets worked out Kenny Galladay today. That's uh And that's
0: Jeff a- Smith. Let's not forget Jeff Smith.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> that's uh, that's, a, that's certainly when I was pushing for the Jets to last minute just saw, swoop in the Kenny Galladay thing two years ago because I said, hey, no, why not? No one's signing him. Um, boy, am I glad they didn't do that. Um, don't start now. I, for some reason, they went from having no big receivers to like keeping every guy that's over six foot two on the roster. Last kind of matchup here. The special teams battle, I know you, we we kind of joked about it last year a lot, and it really wasn't a joke. The special teams was objectively really bad last year. I mean, kicker was good, but punter was, like, all-time bad. And, you know, Berrius kind of just lost all the juice he had in the return game. How, like I know we talked about Rodgers, Allen, defense, all, like, coaching. We talk about all this stuff. The special teams could be huge here because the Jets cannot afford, you know, the Bills had a missed field goal in that, in that first Jets matchup that obviously is the difference in the football game you know, a return here, something, block, kick, whatever it is, you know, they just kind of have to win on the margins here, especially in a game where, you know, it might be sloppy on offense.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, it's reassuring that the Jets are going into this season with better special teams for when they do have to punt they're in much better hands with Morstead than they were with braided man last year. You know, I think with Gibson who I'm assuming will be the primary returner, uh, they have some juice back there where hopefully they can flip the field. You know, you know you have a pro bowler out there in Hardy and a, a, a solid coach in Boyer where at a minimum special teams should not cost the jets this game in any way. Zerline's a solid kicker. You know, the jets could play Buffalo to like a draw on special teams, which I think they're more than capable of doing. They should be in relatively good shape. And, and Gibson's going to be a fun guy to watch this year. I'm sure if he is the guy week one instead of Hardman, There'll be some jitters for an undrafted rookie out there week one, but if he could get going in the open field, I think at a minimum he could be better than what Berrios was last year because after being so good two years ago, Berrios is really a liability in the return game. So it will be nice where I think, again, worst case for the Jets on special teams is their middle of the pack last year with some upside based on how good Gibson is.
1: Yeah, like Morstad should be Robo level putter. Starline has been really good, knock on wood, for the last – of months or so, you know, dated back to the last preseason, it's, can they get something in that return game? Um, I kind of feel like it skips it, and then if they need, like, this extra pop for whatever, they probably put Hartman back there just because he's got, you know, 4-2 speed, and you just kind of, you have no idea what you're going to get with him, I feel like, but the really good is, kind of, not the Antonio Cromartie stuff they did back in, you know, 2009-2010, but it was like, alright, when we need him, and we can risk him getting hurt on this play, like, we need to pop one off, we're going to put him back there, otherwise you know, get Gibson, can he get seven, eight, nine, ten 10 yards of punt return and just not let stuff fair catch inside the 10 running backwards. That'd be, that'd be a dream come true. Uh, you know, based on this Jets matchup last year prediction for the game um, and season prediction or expectation. I know it, it'll be in the, in the, you know, season preview guide. Have you settled on a prediction for either Monday night and or the season so far? Um, everyone will see mine tomorrow, but it's probably pretty much in line with what yours is.
0: Yeah, you'll get the full details in the season preview guide. I would say for the game, I'm leaning towards the Jets winning a close one in a game that hits the under, you know, something in that like 21-17, 21-20 type range. I, I've i been consistent with my record and I didn't change it. The season preview guide, I have the Jets as an 11-16, and 16, but I think that will be good enough to narrowly win the AFC East. And we'll be talking about hosting a home playoff game. So I think they'll win week one. I think that will – turn out to be an important game as a tiebreaker at the end. And I, I think this is an 11 win team this year, you know, knock on wood, but there's enough talent on paper for them to be that. And as you said, everyone makes sure that you check out that season preview guide, because you got season predictions from me, from Will, from Dalvin, from Connor, from Dan, from Zance, from Paul, it's loaded up. And we also have breakdowns of every position of every X factor. And then of course, we got some game-specific props with our friends from Profit Exchange for TOJ and Badlands. They also have Profit Boost this year, uh, where they've created a way to make guaranteed money every day. Hedge your favorite sportsbook, Boost with Profit Boost. Follow at Profit Boost on Twitter to be alerted there. There next time there is a free money opportunity. Join the growing community of bettors who are on pace to make an extra $4,000 this year using Profit Boost alone. Sign up for Profit Exchange today and get a no-sweat first bet up to $125 when you use the code BADLANDS, available in the Apple and Google Play Store. Must be 21 and plus. President NJ, Terms and Conditions, apply. Gambling, problem? call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's how you seamlessly integrate the read into the answer right there. The old podcast veteran move.
1: That was uh, a 10 out of 10 right there. Yeah, no, I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little bit more on Monday morning's so one, but I'm very much leaning eleven and six tiebreaker. This game being the difference in the Jets winning the division and not. I know it all. We always talk about Monday week one not mattering. Week one matters. Um, again, if the Jets lose in in close fashion, you know you move on. But you'd love to get out of there any way you can with a W and go to Dallas where Rogers will get McCarthy and the Cowboys rivalry all at the same time and then get come home to new England. And I'm sure we will convince Joe to end up at at the game on Monday night and or week three, hopefully both. And we'll just, we'll keep, we'll keep getting him to go to games. If the Jets keep winning after last year, uh, that might be yes. difficult.
0: I'll be, uh, I'll be looking for uh, tickets Monday without a doubt.
1: <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. Make sure you again, check out your episodes from, from yesterday, today. And then again, preview got out tomorrow. Uh, Brad Spielberg will be on his weekly spot tomorrow as well. And then we'll have a, uh, a Monday morning pod and get you ready for uh, get you ready for Monday night enjoy the rest of your night